Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime, MC here, and today, the MC Anime Podcast, we are discussing American animation discussion. Basically, the American animation discussion entitled, uh, a little bit about, you know, American themed animation coming directly from America, and overall... Was it like to have the different anima- animation market be like it, be what it is like, and deliver on shows that are actually very memorable? So, further ado, animated shows since The Simpsons that give us perspective of what's good, what's good, not good, and stuff like that. So, the primary story of Walt Disney introduced animation to generations of viewers, but for decades the cartoons that aired on American TV were a lot dumber and sloppier than their big screen counterparts. Uh, Disney's work was art, televised animation was broad, cheaply produced, and mostly aimed at the indifferent younger audience. The Flintstones may be a cultural touchstone, but it makes for a terrible viewing experience. Even the best stuff often couldn't escape the taint associated with the genre. Looney Tunes to classic Warner Bros. as well. The actual shorts were packaged as entertainment for kids when they started airing on TV. All winks from Bugs Bunny and the social commentary sandwiched into each segment's interventional visual gags. Then came the sentence. So, Simpsons revolutionized television in numerous in number well-documented ways. Most of all, the show proved what televised animation was capable of, what it could be cosmopolitan and subversive and topical. That is with, with the perfect canvas for everything from deeply felt character work, incisive commentary to brilliant dumb jokes. The best Simpsons bits somehow managed to be all those things at the very same time. The sentence has soldiered for nearly three decades. Its current incarnation, which launches its 30th season, bears only a cursive resemblance to show its, its creative peak. Seasons 2 through 8 or 10, depending on who you ask, perhaps its greatest legacy that the since the Simpsons debuted. English language animation has grown by leaps and bounds using freedom offered by the medium to craft the increasingly sophisticated series thanks to the Simpsons' social satire, psychological depth, the horror of adulthood, and the frustrations of intimacy all became fair game for animators. Studios under the asbestos of MTV, Cotton to Network, Nickelodeon, Disney, and now even Netflix had offered opportunities to a wide range of voices and styles. Even the stuff seemingly meant for children has gotten vastly more refined, moving light years ahead of a cheesy glorified toy commercials and lamps, lame slapstick of all your errors. We are in a moment to replicate what animated gems, but also the 30 best shows that have reached the greatest heights since The Simpsons. Simpsons debuted 30 seasons ago. This includes English language to keep its size manageable, and particularly because Japanese anime is often altered, dumbed down, or just poorly translated for overseas audiences. Some of the shows we do borrow from Japanese anime and style, and hand drawn Korean animation has also been the industry standard for shows developed in America since the 70s. Beyond that criteria, our final picks ran the garment. Some are joke-heavy, some others are operatic, nearly slightly odysseys. Their animation styles range from quick turnaround cutout to lavish landscapes, and the protagonist range too. Adventurous adolescent boys and senile teenage girls to wash up 50-somethings and board office work. One of the special choices animation is 
It can appeal to young children, to geeky adults, and often the best stuff does both. So. First series I'm discussing is Doug. Uh, Nickelodeon, you know, was really huge in the animation. Uh, so when Doug Finney, Patty Manize, Manize, Skeeto and the Gain made up the jump from the ladder to the network in the former 1996. For a while, Doug was home to the most reliable Google in children's TV, love horn for Patty, the adorable dog named Porkchop, his chick older sister, and more than his own share of hashtag kid problems. Some reasons still think often about him having to write an essay to split deposits, still don't know what those are. Ideal every man for growing kids like me. His show also had the best character names on TV today. Tippy Dink, Roger Klotz, Mosquito Valentine, Dickens, Blue Brown. That's Doug. Uh, next series on the list is Over the Garden Wall. This wonderfully strange animated mysteries to be just a few years ago in Cartoon Network, but owing to its surprising allure, has already established itself as an all-time great. Patrick Mahale's limited series aired five nights in a row and unfolded with severe logical dreams, presenting two brothers in an enchanted forest who don't know how they got there or what they were supposed to do next. At first, the series is mystifying, but as the characters assert themselves and the weirdness it resolves, over the garden, not just a fairy tale, but a sliver of coming-of-age story with reference of both the real world and the need to run away from it. Starring voice talents like Ella Wood, Melanie Linksty, and Christopher Lloyd. It's an artful fantasy for all ages. Uh, Powerpuff Girls from 1998 to 2005 has really influential in that particular genre for what it represents uh, heroines in battle female level cartoons that were made few and far between these bubble-headed heroines redefine what a girl show could be with the help of chemical x created by uh, craig mccracken the mind behind the equally zany and creative foster's home for imaginary friends powerful is about female heroes but really it's for everyone a 2016 reboot was met with an average of two negative reviews from fans from the original. But the legacy of Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup remains. The member of this equalizes on screen, bravely facing villains as the long self assurance, how to work as a team in their endearing, pastel wearing way. There are examples of gender equality and heroism. The sort that we use more on screens today. Show us showing. So another one is Arthur from from the list. 1996 to present. When a wonderful kid of day has been thanks to 21 seasons of America's favorite advert. Created in 1996 by Mike Brown, Arthur has won over the hearts of audiences by doing exactly what most of the viewers are doing. Hanging out with the best friend, in this case a lovable white rabbit, getting through the school day and trying to figure out how this crazy world works. From navigating the trials and tribulations of being a big brother, to grappling with long distance relationship friendship, Arthur experienced all the problems and questions kids face every day. Over more than two decades, the show has documented the best and the worst of growing up you can be. Arthur has reminded us, you, as long as you have a library card and that treating yourself to a Sunday at the Sugar Bowl is always the best way to end the day. And that's all that's left to do is wait for Pal spinoff. Who doesn't leave a good aging puppy with the greatest action? So they could it. 1994 to 1995. 
Sure, not every joke on this occasionally crew broadcasting series landed. There was sometimes crass given for the mean reference or obvious insult when perhaps nuance would have been more elegant. But when the Quinlan was funny, man, it was funny. John Lewis J. Sherman, a sad promoter of Gene Sickle and Robert Ebert, but mostly without the charm of dignity, was both bore and offended aesthetic. A guy trying to stand a thought, the decline of culture while also contributing to it. He was surrounded by delightfully insane people, most notably Jay's Gonzo Petition, Mother, Eleanor, the critic created by the Simpsons writers A.I. Gene and Mike Race ramped up his predecessor's non-secretary and slight uh, gang humor, gag humor, which was perhaps proved the, the way for Family Guy and Seth McCann's other derivative shows. What felt fresh and exciting at the time, but not for nothing, the show's opening credits were a cheering tribute to the cozy Manhattan of Meg Ryan comedy Dimpstink Living. Then we have Star Wars The Clone Wars. And then this is from 2003-2005. Danny Kerasi Crabbit on the Powerpuff Girls. Included two other shows called Two Network, Beloved, Game Defining Samurai Jack, and Dexter's Laboratory. Each with their own brilliant charm, but for all money, the work that stands out the most is the entry of Star Wars franchise, 25 Shorts, that has a story that takes place between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. They have been strung together on YouTube in a feature length Star Wars animated story, which have some fans. There's the finest film in the franchise. Darcy leads his creation in grace and elegance that George Lucas' second trilogy was lacking and makes much of Star Wars landscapes take an operatic, majestic tour through events leading to the fall of the Galactic Republic. Much of the series unfolds without dialogue, instead of relying on sound and careful framing to establish renaissance with the audience. Tahaki's vision paved the way for Lucas's own CGI cartoon, the very similar titled Star Wars The Clone Wars in 2008, but more importantly it was an early in indication of what artists could do with the Star Wars franchise. Fifteen years later we are tight in the grist of the franchise cinema, but Tarkaxi's work points to how beautiful, refreshing, and exciting franchise work can be. Uh, Eon Flosk, 1991-1995 Kriya Pio Chung developed Eon Flosk for MTV while working on the popular uh, Nickelodeon series, Rugrats, an iconic series in its own right. While his legacy has been overshadowed by a regrettable 2005 adaptation starring Charlize Theon, the animated series de deserves better. It's a bizarre, acceptable landscape of erotic tension and surveillance of dyspropia. Aeon is an agent trying to destroy her nemesis and thus lover Trevor, a scientist from the fictional feature country Bregna. Especially at first, she keeps dying, but the show persists anyway, lingering on the tensions of heroism rather than the conclusion of any particular character art. It's unsettling, nasty, fluidly drawn, and deliberately unsatisfying, with an attention to theatrics that was ahead of its most of other anime of the era. Chung's features are all drawn long and lean, with narrow, expressive faces that evoke haunted paintings uprising surprising given that Eon Sigil is the inspiration. Eon Frost is so potent and unsellable that it's ridiculous made to the cable, cable television in its first place, but that was the story of MTV in the 90s.
sorry. Robot Chicken, 2001 to present. The brainchild of the nerdy 90s cool Seth and Green and Matthew Sinrich, Robot Chicken's involvent stop motion spin on pop culture was one of the earliest original program hits for the Cartoon Network's Dark Sam Block. Being rejected as a segment for SNL, Mad TV, and other sketch related comedy shows, Green and frequently on screen co star Brecklin Mayer led a cast of familiar voices as every pop culture sacred cow from Disney to the Smurfs gets the sparky robot treatment. Green and Sandwich's obviously love for an economic, encyclopedic knowledge of the properties they skewer came to a head with the three Star Wars specials before the saga was popular again. They were never, they were so clever even George Lucas, Martin Hibble, Billy D. Williams, and George R. Binks himself, and ahead the best, got in the fun. It's both incredible that Robot Chicken did not get sued in the oblivion of copyright claims, impossible to imagine something like the Lego movie existing without it. So, Beavis and Butt and Butthead, late two ninety three to nineteen ninety seven. The electricity crude and endless quotable Beavis and Butthead define juvenile humor for seven seasons on MTV. It's the. T- Title characters with violence and heavy metal stuck on instant cord with disinfected members of Generation X and led to pioneerly dumb, dirty humor that eventually paved the way for even more outrageous fare in the years to follow from South Park uh, to others. 2000 Revival couldn't quite capture the magic of the original, proving that the great Collier Julio in his TP deficient bunghole was decidedly of their time. 25 years later, no one wants to waste their time watching two idiotic teenager tastemakers crack themselves with crash jokes and obnoxious commentary. King of the Hill, 1997 to 2010. After Beavis and Butthead, Mike Judge moved to a more mature material, day-to-day life of Honk Hill. So, humble Texan and salesman of propane and propane accessories and his family, neighbors, and friends. Slight humor and rich humanity. Judge's series spent 13 reasons capturing a slide of middle-class America, rarely depicting on television. As the world spun out around him, Hank and his heart of gold tried their best to keep up, both hilarious ends and Shakespearean levels of inner turmoil. But no matter what befell the hills, Hank's commitment to being a man of decency and morality remained steadfast. I can't help but think, if he were around today, Hank here wouldn't want to make America great again. He'd believe it's, a great, it's great already. Avatar The Last Airbender, from 2005 to 2008. Avatar The Last Airbender first appeared on Nickelodeon, written off, it was written off by some as the, another kitschy action cartoon starring a boy with a blue arrow on his forehead. But others were hooked by the show's intricate world building and hard hitting life lessons. Now, 10 years after its series finale, which drew a massive 5.6 million viewers, Aang and his friends adventure to reveal one of the greatest feats of animation to date. Michael Dante, DiMartino, and Brian Kazisichiko. The last airbender uses the aesthetic of anime and Asian cultures to craft a world where kids fly around when bison will try to Critiquing imperialism. Aang's emotional authentication brings out the best and at times darkest sides of the he meets. As these dark modes of The Last Airbender truly separates itself from other cartoons of its era. Aang's quest for enlightenment can raise challenging questions, but the show can never 
lets the heavy material weigh it down. As a viewer, the last ambulatorius without trying and showing example, what means to show unconditional devotion to a greater cause. The Boondocks, 2005-2004. Team, 2005-2014. Over the course of four seasons and 55 episodes, was nearly a singular entity. The series which followed lives of brothers Huey and Riley Freeman, as well as the grandfather of Robert, premiered on Adult Swim in 2005. And from the very beginning, the series established a sharp satirical perspective critiquing society with a particular focus on race relations. Its psychological center was Huey, appropriately named after Black Panther Party co-founder Huey P. Newton. If he and Riley sound familiar, that's because both boys were voiced by none other than McGee King. Yes, the show could be vulgar. Yes, it's made frequently of the, you know, different words or sources conscious really early on. Yes, the show's final season went severely down here thanks to the exit of Aaron Magruder, who created the comics which the show was based, but season four, Shaky Landon was not disappointing enough to undo the show's legacy, which, by the way, includes a Peabody Award for one particularly controversial episode. Space Ghost Coast to Coast. 1994 to 2008. The groundbreaking Franklin Franklin series, a talk show parody, is haphazardly from vintage footage and new bits, hosted by Space Ghost, a D-list Hanna Barbera superhero, deserves a spot on this list. If only for the immigrant of shows, it's begot into entirely or Indirectly, uh, Harvey Birdman, Tony at Law, Aqua Teen Hungry Force, and the Eric Andre Show, but most certain its own merits, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, is more than worthy. It made history as Cartoon Network's first original animated series, and eventually inspired the channel's entire Adult Swim lineup, popularizing a single absurdist brand of humor long before specifically weird non-scripters, loose improvisation, and cleverly repurposed found footage became de rigueur for a certain brand of cult television. It predicted internet culture, in other words, and would probably be being represented in means if today if majority of its episodes hadn't been only available to stream. Legend of Card, 2012-2014. For many children in the 2000s, Avatar The Last Airbender was a defining series, but its offshoot, The Legend of Korra, was even better. Both shows follow supernatural gifted adolescents with the ability to manipulate or bend elements. When Avatar appeared as Aang was 12 years old, Korra, his reincarnation, was 17 during Legend of Korra for a season that age seemed to be Intentional mini core fans grew up watching Avatar, and the show's sequel matured with them. Both series approached the subject of growing up and confronting one's dreams, one's demons with candor and heart, and both were rife, rife with political parallels. But Kara definitely upped the ante by tackling increasing complex issues, and its finale in which Kara walked into the sunset, not with any of the male characters she known throughout the show, but with her female friend Asumi. It's nothing short of groundbreaking for a franchise aimed normally at least at kids. Tiny Toon Adventures, 1990-1992. Originally conceived in the original film, Tiny Toon Adventures set to capitalize on the late, e- late 80s trend of launching what anime origin stories for beloved children's characters. The Think Muppets, Babies, or Flintstones Kids. But soon Warner Bros. got Steven Spielberg on board, and the famed director had no interest in retreating Bugs, Bunny, Daffy Duck, and the rest. Instead, he created an entirely new tiny crew, led by Buster and Babs Bunny and Plucky Duck. Looney Tunes shorts were always injecting topical and adult humor in their animated antics. The Tiny Tunes were no different. 
Voice actors were asked to slip seamlessly into improvisations of pop culture, from the day Robert Bush to Joy Roberts, Madonna, McClay Culkin, Roseanne Barr, and Spielberg himself. Warner Bros. would be a dial that a relevant attitude up to two for the very next animated project, Animatics. Pinky and the Brain, by the way, were based on the two Tiny Toon writers. But while the sparky spin-off adventures of Yaku, Wako, and Dot may have burned a little brighter in pop culture familiar, Tiny Toon's adventure has the distinction of having inspired the second season of Donald Glover's Atlantia. Not bad for a little duck and a pair of cute bunnies. Hey Arnold from 1996 to 2004. It's hard to think of a show bigger than the heart of Hey Arnold. That starts with the animation. Uh, which renders Arnold's unnamed house-based city like a dreamy urban playground. The perfect place to stage adventures and then there are its heroes. Arnold Shortman, a pretensive fourth grader, Helga Paki, a male pure girl with a fierce temper, and General Hosen, which Arnold's best friend and the group's most gifted Ricanto. Hey Arnold seemed innocently wove urban legend with the real world ex- expectations and treats its characters' challenges and triumphs with the weight they deserve. Delivered Simpleton without becoming a satire and taught its young viewers lessons about without condescension. That might be why Hey Hound remains a pleasure to rewatch even as an adult. It's understanding whimsicky along with its undercurrent of melancholy and tender optimism are still one of a kind. Batman the animated series influenced heavily by Turnbutton's stark adaptations of Gotham City in the stylish world of Noor and inspired the creation of Bruce Wayne, the world's greatest detective in 1939. Batman, the animated series, remains to this day the gold standard against which all other comic book animated series are measured, with an unmistakable vision style that the creator's name Darth Deco. This show was ran only for 85 episodes produced depictions of pop culture, most famous characters. DC comic enthusiasts will hold up Kevin's runway voice as Batman and Mark Hamill's gonzo version of the Joker against all other screen depictions. The show even generated an iconic image of his very own. The Joker's comedic psychological psychotic psychic Harry Holly Queen. Though Batman has always flirted with darkness through the works of Frank Miller, this particular show is where the gothic grit of Bruce Wayne and the eccentric extremes of a memorable rogues gallery create the perfect tonal balance that DC films are still struggling to recapture to this day. Bob's Burgers, 2011 to present. I was reluctant to get into Bob's Burgers, but I don't I don't like the title. I just didn't like the way it was being plugged by a certain subset of comedians on Twitter. It all seemed just so smug and cutesy and ex- exhausting, like parks and recreation memes and cartoon form. I'm glad I didn't heed my intentional revulsion, though. Because when I finally did start watching Little Bird and Din Directory's wonderful series, it won me over instantly. Bob's Burgers is funny and sweet and strange, both transgressive and traditional. I idiosyncratic credit created to the family and odd satellites. The voice by H. Don Benjamin, Don Mitz, 
Christian Settle, Eugene Milliman, and most crucially, the Rob Roberts is intricate and pacific. Remarkable, critical, remarkable, remarkable, credible family bond from the isolated confines of recording both. I love the way Bob's Burgers for the way it manages homey quaintness alongside wacky adventure, sardonic observation, and a defiant spirit of sex positivity. But only up to me, I wouldn't do only name Bob's Burgers the best animated series since The Simpsons. I mean that the show's true heir apparent, winning portrait of Hamlet in all, relevant, alright. So, Steven's Universe, 2013 to present. Steven's Universe is a series that countless queer people wish they had growing up. Uh, Rebecca Sugar, who identifies as a non-binary woman, is blaming trails with her casually heroic approach to the LGBTQ representation children's media. Four-time enemy nominee, the Cartoon Network series starts stars a remarkably compassionate boy named Steven and his cohort of a humanoid gemstone warriors who do their best to defend the planet while also trying to get by. Human or not, the characters on Steven Universe display a range of emotions, anxiety, rage, love, resentment, pride, with a level of thoughtfulness rarely explored in the kids' programming. And with its emotional intelligence, nuanced character development, and inherent queerness, uh, Steven Universe has an appeal that transcends age. We need to let children know that they belong in this world, Sugar has said. In Steven's Universe, child or not, you know you belong. Adventure Time, 2010 to 2008. Uh, Clea Pendleton Ward has said that Adventure Time, starring Jake the Dog and Finn the Human, is meant to be a show that everyone can watch. The series itself has achieved that goal, set in fantastic and post-apocalyptic land of Ooh. This is a cartoon for kids that also manages to explore the complexity of human nature, all of its contradictions. Adventure Time is often silly, set in a candy-coated, tallow-colored landscape, but it also doesn't do much to absorb the fact that Finn and Jake, or a child and his mutant dog friends have to try to survive in a world where civilization has been wiped out in all of its surreal glory. Adventure Time takes a grim backstory and weaves it into a heartwarming tale of friendship, adventure, the compelling narrative, and complex characters. It's simply a break. Ultra break. SpongeBob SquarePants, 1989 to present. As land dwellers who look the internet know, few cartoons have more enduring cultural relevance than SpongeBob SquarePants. Stephen Hillboard cut its teeth, selected for Rocco's modern life. His magnum optus is a gentle series with a sunnier sensibility, though it retains the earlier show's wacky sense of humor. Just try not to be charmed by the Tiglia Sea Sponge and his aquatic friends, including a dopey starfish named Patrick Starr, the cranky cephalopods, squidwood tentacles, and an introduced Texan squirrel named Sandy Cheeks. Even now, nearly two decades after his debut, the series continues to air new episodes following two film adaptations, one in 2004. In 2015, in the SpongeBob SquarePants musical, which debated in Chicago, uh, open on Broadway, online SpongeBob Newlines is a particular perpetual meme machine, and like mysterious ramifications of Patrick's mind, it's easy to understand why. The show is a perfect storm of appearing visual style kooky humor and absurdism. It's no wonder that almost 20 years later, one little sponge is still managed to launch the viewer's souls like a grappling hook. Big Mouth, 2017 to present. 
Unless and gross-out humor might seem like uh, comfortable bedfellows, yet when Big Mouth premiered last year, it proved that animated series can indeed justly work the tightrope between the two. After the show about puberty and how can one tell the story of adolescence without both tenderness and insight and sentiment, uh, the Netflix comedy follows a gag of preteens and the bodies and interests begin to change. It might sound like a vote territory. Episodes cover predictable milestones like, you know, just periods, directions, and relationships that only last days. Thanks to Young's uh, love, Capital's gaze, but Big Mouth is a lot smarter and more whimsical than it had to be. Characters are haunted by, you know, home hormone monsters more than this one episode features. Enters traumatic. Disgusting sometimes, but it's all in service of a uh, notable goal proving one of TV's most honest depictions of growing up. Besides, it's hard to think better cast to pull off like Nick Rowe, John McLooney, Maya Rudolph, Jesse Klein, Fred Aronson, and Jenny State. Fuchiyama. 1999 to 2013. Matt follow up The Simpsons leaves behind the dynamics of a family sitcom for the ugly, more grown-up world of workspace and and simple comedy featuring the story of a present-day human who actually gets fast-forward 1,000 years in the future. The snappy repartee and hundreds of characters that make up Green's universe are replicated here. With the added madcap of energy of alien species, advanced technology, and every science fiction trope known to humanity. Fushitama, Fushitama paved the way for the existence of shows like Rick and Morty, the newest show that's on its list, and su- surpassed the success of this science fiction animated gem. But for the dog episode alone, Fushitama is still an all-timer and President Wixon Milson, Milson Nixon pickled head in a jaw represents its cynical sharp art. Roku's Modern Life, 1993 to 1996, the elastic cool world of Joe McCurry's Old Town, so filled with bold colors, geometric shapes, and gross-out humor of many beloved Nickelodeon Nicktoons. But added the eye-popping stunts and boff jokes, a certainly calming, somewhat depressing story, by succumbing, succumbing to the absurd banality of modern life, led by Wallaby Waco, new to the very mid-version locale of O-Town, Waco's modern life told stories of malfunctioning appliances, condescending advertisements, baffling group rituals, Aerobic sightseeing in these classes and corporate anonymity. Roku is a naive, upheeled soul who seemingly attracts psychological victories. The show's tone is miserable, disgusting, wry, cheerful, and glowing with the technicolor of the false premise of stolen life. Rick and Morty, 2013 to present. So John and John Harmon and Justin Ronald's obscene Rick and Morty is exceptional in a kind of a scary way. It's easily one of the most brilliant information of a limited information brain, the depersonalized trolling, anger-driven entitlement that borrows down under the surface of online conflict. Not long ago, a subset of fans waged a harassment complaint against the show's female writers and through mob site tantrums at McDonald's over its limited supplies of solution sauce. But let these demonstrations indicate that Rick and Morty show that inspires great devotion. A twist on the back of the future is Doc and Morty and Rick. Rick and Morty showcases the universal alternate of a mad scientist and his fumbling, pathetic grandson. An episode might feature a trans-planetary battle, murder Rick's and Morty's from parallel universes, and Plum 
the difficulty and intimacy without passing for breath. Wick will, however, pause long enough to belch, spill filter himself, and yet yell obscenities at his family. The testament to the show's skills that is somehow all part of his charm. Doria, 1997-2001 Through the, the snarky, un, unbashful feminist vibe of this one seems in direct contradiction to the geniable, boorish, boyish humor of the other. Doll, in fact, is a spinoff of Bears the Butthead, created to be a foil for those snorting, ACDC-loving dummies. Dora eventually graduated from background stick-in-the-mud to a truth-telling hero in her own right. Her thick glasses, combat boots, and deadpan delivery echoed a 90s archetype assessed by the Ghost World graphic novel and the comedic styles of Johan Ruffalo. But in the beginning, that distinctly female and subversive sim- sensibility to the largely male-dominant world of teen animation, Dora created a virtual fan space for disenfranchised, iron-rolling young women to sneer at our sick, sad world. The show was a huge hit for MTV at the time, and when the uh, network brand was as much mocking the cool kids as it was about courting their attention in dollars, Dora not only punched up a vain popular girls and simple-minded jocks, but also found room to sympathize with everyone, even clueless parents, and skew his own overwhelming whiteness through the lens of overachieving black teens Jody and Mac. Uh, let's not forget the one of 90s animation's all-time Trent Lane. But also above, Doria put out says like Jane Lane, Doria, more genderful on the inside before the nerd and geek became synonymous with mainstream. So Clone High, 2002-2003. If there any justice, Clone High would last it longer. It's simple but ingenious premise. Our heroes are the teenage clones of famous figures like Cleopatra and John of the Ark. Loving, learning, sharing, judging, and going to high school together. It was broad enough to spark decades worth of inventive teen super parody, sly historical nerdery, earwormy one-liners, and truly inspired wordplay. It secretly planned to hold his students captive of the zoo, like an amusement park he would call Cloney Island. The shows is ultimately responsible for cloning the tone Pomposal. If it was an early showcase for the zany fourth wall, Boston aesthetic that creators Pill Lord and Chris Miller would eventually bring to bring screens like the Lego Movie and Twenty One Jump Street to much acclaim. But their later projects are much more known. None are fully realized as Clone High, a mile, a mile, a minute joke machine. That still produced to have real heart. Uh, thanks mostly to plots around Love Horn, Jones' unrequited passion for a best friend, Abe Lincoln, which is Will A. Forty, Atlas, the world wasn't quite ready for a cartoon, but a bumble butted JFK palling around with a party ammo clone of Mahati Gandhi. Disparate ratings led to a premature cancellation after a single perfect season. After all, numbers don't lie. Then we have the Animatics, which is 1993 to 1998. Uh, Animatics was just a cartoon. It was chaotic, old-fashioned variety content. One that was a Peabody Award in its inaugural season. Reports the title. The show reminded the Peabody Committee of the glory days of Hollywood animation. With the back of Steven Spielberg, frequent celebrity cameos and the character's home base for the Warner Bros. Studios a lot. Hollywood's indeed central to anime's animatics DNA. Story goes, animated series, Jonko, Walker, and Dot Warner 
were locked away in the studio's Walter Tower in the 1930s. Then the mood six decades later to unleash the brand of wild humor to the world, as well as more than a few exceptionally catchy educational musical numbers like the United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, and Peru. They bridged the gap between Hollywood's golden age, particularly the inspired lunacy of Bugs Bunny and company, and the present day with satirical edge and pop culture reverence at Penty, the sort that appealed to children and adults alike. Two more seasons coming to Hulu, Donko, Walker, and Dot are getting ready to come once again. So, Bojack Horseman. The age of peak TV is crowded with shows about show business in Los Angeles and nostalgia, nostalgia and self-maintained male anti-heroes, but none of them had a candle to Bo Jack. While this happens to be the most moving comedy of, you know, funniest drama, its early days eccentric creation seemed like a minor blip the two-joke concept. 90s sitcom had been to navigate 24th century Hollywood. The D got destroyed in, in episode 6, He's a Horse. Fourth season went on. Netflix originally transformed from a simplistic showbiz satire into something deeper, which an alter the more dawning or series that tackled all those peak TV pet topics. But one wasn't afraid to thoroughly undetermine its own premise. Why should we care about Jack Horseman's rapid redemption? And what does redemption really mean anyway? As we now renewed by Rob Roscoe's bird, talented writers, and an endless imaginative animation team, handled by Lisa Hannah Walt, his anthropomorphic animals, and occasionally, you know, populate Bojack Earth. Richly loved, capable of provoking both belly laughs and the heartbreak, sometimes with a span of a few seconds. Yet, Bojack doesn't feel dis disjointed. It's similarly hilarious and haunting, self-conscious and sweeping, gradually se gravely serious and unbashful silly. These Simpsons may have invented the modern blink, and you'll miss it, gag. But Bojack has perfected the form. You can spend hours combing each frame for hidden jokes and puns capable of impressing even the most seasoned dad. The only real knock against it is that between those fights of flights of fantasy can be a tremendous bummer. The sort of show where nobody's allowed to be happy for very long. The most relentless moments is enough humor to keep Bojack from sinking as low as Bojack often descends, and enough potency to keep viewers coming back and daily for several seasons to come. Self Pop, 1997 to present. First things first, the show is not perfect. Trey Parker and Matt Stone's offensive comic masterpiece, 1997, starts its 22nd season this. Let's see. It begin, its beginnings in the Clinton evoke relied mostly on shock value and ghost out humor. Its Obama era episodes were very were funny, but not always incisive. In the age of Trump, it's fair to wonder if the show may have lost its way entirely. But those glory days simply were glorious. At its peak, South Park is still capable of being a sickly, sickly funny uh, Scott Tillman must die. And socially astute, here, here comes the neighborhood through madding. In a good way, few post Simpsons animated shows have managed to better ram their way into cultural lexicon through a ministry as self bought. Few have enough iconic characters to fill a yearbook, or as many classic episodes waiting to be referenced whenever a relevant current events crop up. When I think of bad CEO apologies, oil spills, or Chernobyl, I think of South Park, World of Warcraft, South Park, Pov Poverty Telephones, Steven Silverman, Mosmo, Scient Scientologist, Lost Underwear, Cast, 
Cats in Heat, NASCAR, Plant Food Bands, Chili, The Wood of Succubus, Redheads, Jennifer Lopez, Redheaded Hooded Jackets, Mild Molarity Jokes, Woodland Creatures. If we're into always the butt of every even with always the butt of every South Park gag, we're also in on the joke. As best the series had defined, maybe even predicted the culture. Often it's really funny. From the looks of it, the rest of the television is catching up. So, this is a brief insight into American animation and its influence in the genre. All the different shows referenced and discussed today all hit a post-Simpsons era where it's still being relevant in the fact of shows being very diverse and overall having a stake in viewingship, viewers alike, anime aesthetics, its own genre, comedy, humor, to other sources of different aging up, different content aging to different people, different stories to tell. And with that, this concludes this particular episode of American Animation Discussion and the post-Simpsons era of animation in America. So yes, these are all original anime Animation by American Western Society. So the United States does have an interesting aesthetic of uh, animation that in its catalog to offer. So don't be afraid to uh, go about it and uh, overall like what you want and try to reference what you want to do more so thank you very much and this is mc anime signing and out bye